Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the legendary Randy Erickson. Just uh, back a couple of days ago from the World Championships in Ecuador. Uh, more about that, I think, next week. Maybe we'll just have a uh, Dig Me episode. So, But uh, this week is a pretty special racer, Stuart Lynch. Um, two-time repeating... Last year, this year, Adventure Race World Championship racer. Last year with uh, Thule, and this year with his uh, home country, New Zealand, um, Team Seagate. So it's a pretty tall order to repeat as a world champion and uh, on another team at that. Uh, Stu's kind of a quiet guy, but I think he has a little bit of a... A sly sense of humor so uh, we did record this before before world so um, if, if you're wondering why we don't talk about it that would be why so um, I think that'll be enough for today so uh, go fast take chances and enjoy listening to Stu Randy hey, hey Stuart how are you yeah good yeah thanks good is it uh, a nice morning there uh, yeah, not too bad. Yep, no, nice and sunny, pretty calm. Just been out for a uh, out for a kayak this morning, so that was pretty yeah. nice. Yep. Yeah, that sounds sounds uh, sounds fun. Better than working all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, so we're rolling. We're recording. You sound right. good. Yep, yeah, good. And I don't usually start the podcast this way, but I'm gonna throw you under the bus. Right, sure. <laughs> I have a story about you. Um, it's actually, I think, the first time we probably met. Was it Primal Quest Badlands? Yeah, yeah, that's probably right, yeah. yeah. And you guys had just finished the rope sections, and you were sitting under the tree plotting your next, the next section, Yeah. and you didn't have a map. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and fortunately, I was standing there, and I had a full set. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, um, yeah, that was a bit of a, a big slip-up on our part, really, Um yeah, we we're fortunate, um, I guess, there that that we didn't sort of cover penalty or anything. Um, so we're never quite sure how that's going to work out. I mean, it's a yeah. sort of a simple mistake, but um, yeah, yeah, could have could have turned bad for us. Yeah, and I will say, you went over and told them at the let the let the uh, official, so to speak, know what you were doing. So yeah, well, at that you know? point, you sort of got to accept where you are and um, <laughs> and yeah, just sort of take the consequences and sort of yeah, move on from there. So. It, um, slowed us up a little bit but not too much and then uh, yeah got back into the race which was good so is that something that you think a good adventure racer has is just rolling with punches like that yeah i think so i think it's it's easy to um you know get into a situation and let yourself get stressed out and sort of and um you know sort of dwell on on the mistakes you've made and um i think the fact is in adventure racing it's you know so long there's so much going on there's always mistakes so um yeah, you've really got to sort of look at where you are and, and pick the best way forward. Um, 
yeah, I mean, there's always, you never sort of, well, I've never really had the perfect race, so it's all about dealing with what gets thrown at you. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the not the perfect race. Um, you had a bad first couple of days last year in Costa Rica, didn't you? Um, yeah, I mean, well, good, good and bad. I mean, um, yeah. we started out started out well. Um, that first bike ride went well for us. Um, and then the kayak was all right. We got sort of caught up by Seagate, which we expected. Um, but then I think uh, end of that second kayak, the mangroves, we, I mean, we had a great great stage. We sort of pulled ahead of everyone, but um, I really cooked myself um, towards the end of that stage and was really struggling through that in the next bike ride. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a dark time for a while there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing you were struggling. But then, and this is what I think is so interesting – by the end of the race, when you guys had to carry that raft up to the finish line, yeah, you were on one one side, and the rest of the team was on the other side of the boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Jackie had had a really tough stage that that bike ride before, and yeah. he was he was pretty wiped out, and and Mimi was pretty exhausted as well. Um, Albert Albert was doing well, um, but and it's just I've tended to get stronger throughout the races. Um, I mean, you, you never know. It could could be anyone that's sort of feeling weak and anyone's feeling um, like Superman. But fortunately, for that sort of 10 minutes, I was feeling good and could sort of take a bit more of the load. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was pretty cool to see after seeing you struggle earlier. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to not struggle for the whole race. It can be pretty dark <laughs> times. Yeah. So um, do you – how do you get through that? Do you, or do you just know that, you, you know, when you have a bad patch, you know, it, it's – it's going to go away. Yeah, yeah. You've pretty much got to keep telling yourself that, even though um, you know, your body and your mind's trying to tell you the opposite. I had a um, really tough race this year after we did the South Africa race, which was which mm-hmm. good. That went well. And I got quite sick, and we did another, um, we did GeoQuest in Australia, which is just a, it took about 24 hours. And after a couple of hours into that, I was really sick. Um, really bad and you know all my mind was telling me was like just just pull out you know this is um this is not worth it but you've just got to keep really just telling yourself it will go away the team's going to look after you um you just got to sort of try and grit and bear it um for as long as you can and and eventually yeah sort of you know things picked up a bit it didn't seem uh didn't seem quite so dark so yeah it, it is tough when you get into that state and um and your team as well has got to recognize it and you know, we slowed down, we sort of had a cup of tea, we, you know, you, there's no point in pushing someone because they're just going to go deeper and deeper and deeper until they, mm. you know, you've got to pull out. So you've got to really take that time, get the person right and um, and just, you know, acknowledge that these are long races. You know, you can come back from just about anything if you if you sort of handle it right at the time. Yeah, I think that's, that's the important thing is to remember that it's a long race. I still remember doing a 24-hour mountain bike race it's not quite the same thing but um like really having to pee after about two hours and finally realizing that i might as well stop because i'm not going to go another 22 hours without stopping no, no absolutely yeah and you feel so much better afterwards <laughs> you do yeah so um how did how did you get into this uh the wacky world of adventure racing as i like to call it yeah um well i guess it's it's kind of easy in new zealand because there's um as you're quite exposed to it. So, I mean, multi-sport is, is big here, which, you know, individual racing, um, off-road, kayaking, and, and mountain biking running. And mm-hmm. then and the time I was getting into that, um, the Southern Traverse was quite big here. 
the Jeff Hunt was running, so the expedition race we had uh, down the South Island in New Zealand. And so um, everyone in multi-sport would talk about that, and um, it was just, and you'd, you know, you'd see there was the likes of Steve Gurney and um, John Howard and, um, you know, sort of the old heroes of the sport were all doing it at the time. So, yeah, it was quite inspiring, and, and you'd sort of enter a couple of short races and then, um, yeah, got got picked up by um, a guy who needed another team member for, for the Southern Traverse, so I got into it that way. And Yeah, the first first race was pretty severe they were having some pretty mm-hmm. tough times but um yeah just sort of went on from there and got easier at times harder at other times but um yeah sort of haven't got haven't got bored of it yet yeah well it's kind of interesting because you you know so southern traverse was your first that was my first race. expedition um i mean expedition, i did a yeah. uh, 24 hour race or maybe a couple of 24 hours before then um yeah. there's a couple of local ones up sort of the north island here but yeah that was my first expedition I've done a, for some reason, the gods have been aligned. I've had a lot of really good conversations in the last couple of weeks, but um, that's kind of a thread with adventure racers is they get into it and like almost their first race is this, you know, an expedition race, you know, Monaco or Morocco, Southern Traverse. And I think that really speaks to the mindset of the, of the adventure racer. It's just like, yeah, well, let's, let's go do it harder, the better. Yeah, well, I mean, at the I remember, yeah, you know, at the time looking at it and thinking, yeah, that's that's pretty much impossible. You sort of can't <laughs> believe what these guys are doing. So it was, you know, a really epic challenge at at the time. It was something that you, you know, you're really unsure if you actually got it within yourself to do it. And so um, it's quite inspiring to sort of actually put yourself on that start line and and test yourself that way. So yeah, I think there's a in people's first races, there's a lot of that is. Um, is really just seeing what you can, you know, what you are capable of. Yeah, yeah, it's entering. So, and I suppose is probably a little intimidating with the quality of of uh, athlete adventure racer in in New Zealand. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's a there's a great mix. I mean, you do we do get a lot of good teams coming out of New Zealand, um, but you know, there's there's a very you know the very wide cross section as well. You get you know everything from Seagate um, racing right through to you know the local sort of mums that have um, these are probably the shorter races but well even God's Own now is attracting a wide range but um, so there is um, you know that whole sort of spectrum of races sort of competing which is which is nice for anyone who's looking giving it a go they can see you know not just sort of you know the sort of elite athletes but you know uh, Joe sort of mum and dad giving it a go as well that's kind of cool. So, um, before you started doing multi-sport races, did you have a specific sport, or uh, kind of you know? dabbled in a few things? Um, sort of, my sister is a very good uh, marathon runner, so we sort of mm-hmm. grew up doing quite a bit of running. And Harriers, I don't know what your local equivalent there, sort of your local club running, mm-hmm. off-road running stuff, um, and did a few sort of mountain runs, which was quite cool. And then um, I was sort of uh, mountain biking was starting to well, I was probably probably long long ago ridden in risen in America, but um, that was getting popular over here in New Zealand. So uh, did a bit of actually cross country and a couple of years of downhill, sort of um, sort of local, sort of elite level. Um, and then um, my brother kept beating me, so I gave up on that and uh, picked <laughs> up multisport. So um, yeah, so sort of a yeah, probably from mountain biking and a bit of a running background. Um, and we'd always be in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, we're lucky with our access to water, so we'd 
you know, always sort of growing up with kayaks and things. So, yeah, yeah, you get quite a good cross section growing up. Yeah, so you were, and I found this a lot too. There's been a lot of uh, water water people have gone into adventure racing kayakers. You know, Ian Adamson was sailing, and yeah, and uh, it just seems like it's if you're really comfortable in water, you're really comfortable everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I guess you know the water and certainly the sea can. Yeah, you've got to be confident in dealing with it with what it throws at you, and you've got to have a lot of respect for it as well. Yeah, and it's, so. I think that crosses over to adventure racing. It is, it's more of a wild environment than you know, sort of a triathlon and marked course. You've you've got to have that mindset of, you know, looking out for yourself and dealing with with what gets thrown at you. Yeah, well, and I think that's that's where it is. Is um, you have to make so many decisions when you're in the water that yeah. makes it easy when you're on the land so. yeah, yeah. and you're just in that that problem solving mode all the time <coughs> excuse me um let's uh i i don't know if you've listened to any podcast but i jump around because i don't want this to be yeah. any sort of a professional operation <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so you're the first person i've talked to since the um elevation guide has come out for worlds all right yeah yeah. So, what do you think of it? Uh, <laughs> Have you seen it, and what do you think? Yeah, of it? yeah. I just uh, saw they'd broken up the stages as well, so I can sort of yeah. see which stages will be where. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I did have a look at it. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it looks um, uh, reasonable. I think um, they certainly seem to have. I mean, we're going up reasonably high, sort yeah. of straight away, but but they drop yeah. us back down pretty quick. So, I think they've done a good job of of trying to. Um, minimize the potential issues there might be with with altitude although being at sort of over 4000 there's still there's still definitely scope there so um yeah and there's um definitely didn't look like a lot of flat i mean there's a couple of kayaks at the end but everything else yeah. is sort of going straight up or straight down so yeah i think it's going to be pretty, a pretty physical race i mean they all are but yeah a lot of um a lot of up a lot of down pretty hard on the legs yeah. i think yeah, well, I think I think maybe they actually listened to what the racers were saying about altitude, and they're getting it over with quick, which is yeah, yeah, I think be good. Um, yeah, not having the extended periods right up high will, will be good for um, just yeah. for the general health of the, especially you know the teams that aren't so used to that. Um, I think still, I mean, we're going to get over a bit early and trying to get used to a bit of altitude, so it's still going to be a benefit. I mean, we did a trip last year to Peru, and it was I don't know we we're only three and a half, four thousand meters, and and you struggle with that when you're not used to it, so you definitely, um, yeah. definitely don't want that when you're racing, if possible. Yeah. So um, this is—is is it? I want to know if this is a little bit weird because you're the reigning world champion, but you're not on the, same, the same team. team. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, so do, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're—is it a personal thing or is it just a team thing? I mean, how do you think about it that way, or do you? Um, oh no! It's always. I mean, you're always doing the best for your for your team that you're in. Um, yeah. I mean, Jackie, Mimi, and Albert were they were great guys to race with. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're sort of good friends. We see them a lot on the you know, the other circuit and the races in China and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in truth, you know, it's it's always nice to race for your home country. Um, so, yeah. you know, the Seagate opportunity came up, and and I really really jumped at that because. You know that's yeah, you know, it's the team in, in New Zealand really at the moment, and um, it's just really nice to be to be sort of racing under your own flag. Um, so um, and and the 
the Toulay situation has changed around a bit anyway. So, um, I mean, they're racing yeah. with the French team now, Jackie Mimi. I think Albert's got a um, Catalonian team. So, yeah, mm. so it'll be good good to see, actually. But it is nice to be, um, yeah, with Nathan and Chris and Soph and, and Seagate and um, sort of racing properly for New Zealand. And hopefully um, hopefully we'll get another title for New Zealand. But, you know, you never never quite know how it's going to work out. Well, that's that's true. But, I mean, I think you guys got to be ranked you got to be one of the favorites. Oh, I think, so. yeah, I mean... I mean, you know, you are. I mean, yeah, we're certainly... <laughs> I mean, I, I think, yeah, you're probably right. And, you know, we've 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 got a good team there. I think we've got the capability. So we just, yeah. if we put a, get together a good race, um, yeah, there's no reason why we can't come away with another title. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. There's definitely going to be a lot of teams out there that are... They're trying to get it for themselves. Um, I think Silver's long overdue for, um, you know, they've got so much potential. They go, you know, they travel really quick um, mm. and they've generally had a few issues here and there. So they're always one we're watching. And Jackie and Mimi with the French team, they've got Sylvain, which is he's a really good navigator. So there's definitely a lot of talent out there. It's not going to be, um, it's not going to be cut and dried by any means. Does it feel to you like that the talent pool at the top level is getting better oh i think i mean i think it, it it ebbs and flows a bit um yeah um i mean we don't have um such a strong i mean there's technique which are going well but um you know we don't have the the mic closes and you know we don't have the strong sort of american team or teams yeah. i think that were around um three or four or five years ago um but that said you know there's there's some really you know several good really good swedish teams i mean seagate's back in it again um, you know, Jackie Mimi with Team France is going to be really strong. So, I mean, I think it's it's sort of holding. Um, there's there's good teams come and go. So, um, yeah, I, I suspect you know, without sort of the big sort of Primal Quest money, you you'll get these keen sort of semi-professionals, but um, you probably won't see a huge huge increase in in super elite teams. Um, yeah. Unless you get that extra money, but you know, there's pros and cons with that itself. So, yeah. yeah, it, it, I mean, it seems to me that in talking to people and being around that it, it is on an up, adventure racing in general is on an upswing. Is it? I, I don't know. Maybe it's never even really dropped off in New Zealand, but is that kind of what? No, I think it is. is there? It is picking up here. I think the God's Own Race um, has has done wonders these last couple of years. I mean, they. Um, they sold out with, I don't know how many teams they've got, 50 teams or 60 teams this coming next year. And, you know, yeah. they sold out really quickly. Um, Nathan runs a all-women's adventure race, the um, Spring Challenge. And I think he got something like four or 500 women competing in that. Um, I saw, yeah, so, I saw that. um, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite incredible. And people complain about not being able to find um, good women to race with. Well, there's a lot of them out there. Um, yeah. So I think no, it is actually really going going quite strong in New Zealand at the moment. So um, which is good to see because it sort of dropped off when when Southern Traverse died. Um, certainly, I think took a bit of a hit for a while. But um, yeah, at the moment the sport's looking good, and we've got teams like Bivouac and a few other teams that are starting to come out and do the international races as well. So yeah, I think um, yeah, New Zealand-wise, it's definitely um, you know sort of just about as strong as it's ever been. That's that's cool. So do you? Um do any of like the bivouac people or any of the younger teams call you up and say, "Hey, how do I do this?" Um, 
not not so much like that, but um, oh, we definitely at at the races we'll we'll definitely talk to them, and if yeah. you know they need any help or hints, but um, I mean they're reasonably capable in themselves, but uh, yeah, um, I mean I've got I actually live with a guy who's racing in um, one of the young teams, um, and so I've been going out training with him and sort of trying to give him a few tips and things and what's good to do, but um, yeah, I mean they definitely I think. You know, they're all keen to learn and um, keen to have a crack at sort of knocking, knocking us off our perch at the moment. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, so they're they're learning by osmosis and going yeah, to try to knock, the old, think, knock the old guys out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, there's definitely good, um, you know, there's a good bunch of teams that are, um, you know, starting to give us a nudge all, and all, you know, contesting, you know, tightly against each other. So I sort of suspect, you know, we're... Yeah, in the God's own races, Seagate's a bit lucky because um, there's a lot of good athletes out there. It's all spread out amongst a whole lot of teams. Nah, I think you definitely, yeah. if you picked from the other guys that are out there, there'd definitely be a couple of teams that would would um, give Seagate a good contest at, at the local races. So, now there's definitely a big big pool of talent at the moment, which is really good to see. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, nice to see it coming. So, um, our Here's this is kind of something people are interested in. Are you a trainer or a go out and do stuff? Oh, I mean, do you use a lot of intervals and things like that, or are you more like I'm gonna go run in the mountains all day? Typically, no. Um, yeah, typically I just go out and do stuff, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> not that that's um, the best approach, really. Um, I've always sort of keep intending to um, uh, get a, a coach or at least a training program, but. Um, I typically haven't. I I generally just head out to um, head out to the Waitakere's, which is a, a a range of hills. Really, they only go up to about 400 meters, and I'll just go out for runs, or you know, if I feel like going for a muddy run, I'll I'll pick some muddy tracks, or yeah, and, and just go out and do whatever I feel like. Now, um, to be fair, um, you probably don't get quite as good results as if you go out and have a structured training program, but. Um, but, uh, but it's quite good fun just to do what you feel like and, and pick some fun activities. And, yeah, so that's what I, I typically tend to do. And, and then, you know, go out and, and longer hikes and go out with Fiona, my fiance, and we'll do a, you know, a few days hiking in the back country or something. So, yeah. Just get out. Well, and let's face it, you know, it, it, your results are pretty good. So I don't know if you could could say it's a bad way of training. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that works well, especially for adventure racing. Um, Probably the the local the fast races here. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not quite as sharp as a lot of. We've got some really good young guys coming through. Um, you know, Braden Curry who's uh, winning winning or second in a lot of the international exterior races, and and these guys are sort of stepping up the the level in that you know almost sort of professional triathlete type hmm. type um, intensity, and they're really sort of it's sort of a new breed coming through now that are. Knocking all us old sort of just go out and go for run types of our so, purchase here. Yeah, but I, I kind of th- think it's more fun. <laughs> oh, definitely, and I think for adventure racing, it's just a great way to do it. It keeps you motivated, and you know, you know, you just keep going out because you're enjoying enjoying your training because it's it's just good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's this jumping around part again. Was there anybody when you were starting out that you really you know, focused on or said, boy, that if I had a career like that or if I could race like that, I'd be happy? Yeah. Um, I mean, at the time, 
time I was getting into it, Steve Gurney, um, sort of uh, John Howard was sort of just getting out of it by the time I started. Um, yeah, Steve was definitely uh, fairly ins- inspirational, um, and the guys he was racing with, Neil Jones, um, hmm. um, yeah, Kathy Lynch, and um, and then of course Nathan's team. Nathan was, um, yeah. you know, he was winning everything back then. So um, yeah, I mean, there was a, a really good good group of of guys in New Zealand who were going out and winning on the international stage, and you and you did look at them and think, yeah, it'd be be cool to be doing what they're doing. Um, yeah. So um, that's kind of cool. Um, okay, just because I actually have been watching a little bit of uh, Eco Eco Challenge New Zealand. Did you ever race with Kathy Lynch? No, no. She uh, <laughs> did you ever want to race with Kathy Lynch? I think from some of the stories, I think yeah, you, you want to be um, you want to be on your game, or she'll let you know for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, no. She, I think yeah, I don't even know if she was doing. I think she might have finished before I even did that first Southern Traverse. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's certainly yeah, quite sort of one of a kind. Yeah, um, it's uh, I have this list of people that that I'd really like to talk to sometime, and she got added to the list. <laughs> yeah, so you, I might, think, you might have your work cut out for you there. <laughs> well, that's true. So yeah. I've 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 had to give up on John Howard. He there's there's no yeah, that's not going to happen as much as I'd really like to because you know part of it is 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 there's not a a history of adventure racing anywhere there's you know and and talking to all these i call them the old school racers it's just it's kind of fascinating so yeah well to learn that stuff that's interesting because um i know nathan's uh he started up a sort of crowdfunded project to um produce a book yeah maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be sort of new zealand focused but yeah. essentially a, a book for the you know covering sort of the history of adventure racing so um yeah. I think he's most of the way through getting that funded, so it'd be good to see that come to fruition, and um, yeah, it'd be quite a good, quite a yeah, good thing to have, just, and be nice to yeah, look at. Yeah, just something that um, kind of ties it all together. So yeah, yeah, you know, we're we're not that old, but someday people aren't going to remember all those races. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so here's here's old school and new school. What's what's been the best innovation? In your career in, in adventure racing, what's evolved the best? Or oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think back to when I started. I mean, <laughs> there's, I guess, I don't know how many sort of massive innovations there's been. I mean, yeah, all the gear gets lighter, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd struggle with that one. Um, okay. I mean, it seems to always be probably actually no, probably the. The thing that I think that would t- has taken the biggest step forward is lighting. Yeah. I mean, we used to go out with these these hopeless sort of, you know, dim dim lights that had heavy batteries, and now we've got these tiny little light LED things that you know, you know, light light it up like it's daytime. So um, yeah. that certainly yeah, is probably the biggest actually technical advance. Um, oh. Yeah, and it makes you know. I, I've got yeah, to admit now, I, I take the brightest light I can because, um, you know, it's worth that extra weight. Now, and not that it's that much weight now to, um, yeah. you know, basically see as much as you, you can when you're trying, especially, you know, tricky navigation, things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, and, uh, yeah, it's just the psychological thing to me is like, man, if you can light up everything around you, it just makes it so much easier physically and mentally to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's cool. And there's so much, yeah, so much choice there now. Um, yeah, there's uh, every yeah, every yeah. company seems to be bringing out a new new super bright light, which you know weighs next to nothing. Yeah, you wonder what it's going to be like next year because yeah, yeah, yeah. You think <laughs> you think you've bad. got the latest and greatest, and then by the time next year rolls around, you're suddenly enviously looking yeah. at something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, okay, here's here's my one of the hard questions for people: is the best and worst six hours in your career of racing? Oh, um, I'd say the um, the best was uh, probably the end of the. Um, End of Ecomotion, the World Champs in 2008 when we won it with Orion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty pretty fantastic, sort of um, knowing that we had it won um, and you know, we were sailing up the coastline and then running along the sand dunes to finish. And that was a, a pretty incredible feeling. I mean, we, yeah, we'd been going well, but sort of we didn't, oh, I hadn't felt that we were likely to be challenging for the win in that race. So to actually come through and, and win the World Champs was, yeah, that was like nothing else. So, um, that that was definitely pretty high. That was yeah, that was good. And um and I guess the worst is actually probably this year in Costa Rica. That um that last bike ride, you know, we were just about yeah. at the finish and um our team basically ground to a halt and you know, we could yeah. just you could just see it all slipping away, you know, you were tired and sore and and it just looked like we were gonna either you know, either be overtaken or even not finish the race at that point. It was getting that bad. So, um that was a, a pretty dark, pretty dark six to twelve hours almost through that last yeah. bike ride there. Well, I I I remember everybody like waiting. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah, yeah. where are you guys at? <laughs> yeah, I'd heard our um, our tracker had stopped and oh yeah, and we'd stopped yeah. as well. No, it was um that was pretty bad. I mean it, it you know worked out in the end and it was it was a great finish, but um, definitely that was that was extreme lows to extreme highs there one. Yeah. I, I, see that you know watching you guys roll in yeah you know holding up jackie that's uh yeah i mean yeah, yeah. that to me was that's adventure racing right there yeah so that was pretty cool um have you ever been in a race someplace in a race and said we shouldn't we shouldn't be here this is too dangerous oh but yeah but you i mean and you keep moving on but Oh well, yeah. I had one the first uh, first year at God's Own actually. Um, oh, it was wasn't too bad, but uh, we um, I was navigating, and um, I just got got my navigation off a bit, and we were climbing up this sort of scree slope, and it was just getting steeper and steeper, and I was I was too far off to one side, and um, and then we started knocking rocks down, and there were sort of rocks down for you know coming down on our own team, and we sort of realised we'd we'd gone too far and we're, we're getting into quite a dangerous place and um, Sierra at the time we were racing with was getting quite freaked out and actually wanted us to sort of call for an evac sort of thing which which I don't think would have helped but um, yeah we, we backed out of that you know we took care and, and backed back down and got out of it again but um, yeah it's, it's one of those times when you've you know you've really got to tell yourself you know you, you're responsible for your own safety here and you've um mm. You've got to think about the decisions you're making and not just push on just because you think it's the race course. You've got to say, look, this is actually sensible. Um, so that, that was pretty, um, 
it wasn't too bad, but certainly there was a few moments there where we thought actually someone could get really hurt, and this is this isn't a good place to be. Um, <laughs> probably the other one that that comes back to me is the the world champs in Scotland. We um, went along that Anakiga Ridge at the end, which is a spectacular ridge line to do. But it was we must have been day four, day five by then. We were really tired, and I just remember um, sort of walking along this, and it's just sort of bluffy rocks things. And I was just stepping on this rock and swaying a bit. And I sort of looked at where I was swaying, and it was just this sheer drop down on, you know, I don't know, 50, 80 feet or something down onto more rocks. And just sort of coming to the realisation at that point that, hang on, we're in a, you know, it's quite spaced out with sleep, but actually we're in a really dangerous space, and, and you better start hanging on to something. So, um, yeah, and again, um, you know, some people would say, oh, they should have had it roped and, and that sort of thing, but it comes down to, you know, you've got to make your own decisions about about personal responsibility, and um, possibly we should have, um, you know, had some rest before going over that, so that we weren't quite so tired as we sort of were navigating getting such a such a dangerous section. But um, yeah, that's that's another bit where I think it did strike home to me that you know this is quite serious stuff, and you've you've got to be um, quite aware of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think a lot of people don't. I don't know exactly how to say this, but think that the race directors should take care of them a little bit more in in other races. I mean, I don't I, I don't think adventure racers think like that. But um, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, the the sort of shorter multi sport races where everything's marked. You yeah you, know, you blindly follow the marks and you you assume that you're not going to run into anything terrible. Um, whereas adventure racing, you've got to change that mindset and say. Okay, I think I'm following the course, but I've got to make the decisions over what's safe mm-hmm. for me or not, and um, whether to cross this river or whether you can't. And I mean, you know, the intended race course might cross a river, but it might be too dangerous to do so because it's come up or something. So, yeah, you've really got to be always be aware that you're, you know, it's a race, but also it's a, you know, an, it's an expedition where you're responsible for your own safety. Yeah. I, well, I think yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. It's it's an expedition. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take New Zealand out of this this question, but sure. where's yeah. where's your been your favorite place to race? Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know <laughs> if you can pick a favorite as such, because um, there's so many good good places. Um, I mean, you could think. I know for a long time the the race in Sweden, the World Champs up there, was one of my favorite races. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, you know, there was stunning, really stunning up there. Um, yeah, the glaciers and the mountains, and he, uh, Michael put on such a such a good race. Actually, was you know, it was really fun. Um, but I've got to admit, the ones uh, the ones I've done in the states as well have been. I mean, I've never been anywhere like Utah. That was spectacular. Yeah, um, yeah and um, and yeah, every time we've gone to the states, I've always been, you know, quite pleasantly surprised about the. Terrain. I mean, I guess you've got such a such a big area. You know, South yeah, Dakota. Yeah. You had some really cool mountain biking, and you know, really nice, really nice country to go through. So, um, yeah, I've, I've sort of never. Um, uh, I guess I guess I'm always sort of eager if, if it's another race in the states to go back there. Um, we haven't done one for a few years, so it'd be nice to um, get back there for something. But yeah, it's pretty hard to pick a favourite. There's most of them. You know, have some 
pretty good highlights throughout them. Um, I don't think I've ever had one which I've thought the whole race was terrible. <laughs> so um, there's certainly been sections. Um, I remember, again, South Dakota we had, oh, we had one of those tracks. I think possibly because it got changed, it ended up just being a really long walk along one of the roads. Um, it might have been just after we'd seen you with those maps, actually. I think they changed that section. Yeah. And it was just yeah. a, oh, miles and miles and miles along gravel roads, which which wasn't the most pleasant. But, I mean, yeah, that's all about yeah. racing. You, you know, you can take those with the with the good bits as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, talking about long race, you know, sometimes races, well, and, okay, this is, you know, leveled at Costa Rica, that it was it was long just to be long. Um, but it's also was, you know, what they said, coast to coast and border to border. Would you, would you rather go really fast for four days or, you know, do an eight day race? I think, um, now typically when we're, when I'm going in with the idea of racing, then Mm -hmm. I prefer the shorter, shorter races. Um, I I think you, you do get to race more, um, Mm -hmm rather than just sort of survive to the finish yeah. um, and it's, yeah, it's a bit more exciting and um, I sort of would prefer that for, for a world championships type thing um, but having said that um, for example the Patagonia race which was oh, I can't remember six and a half seven maybe even eight days was yeah. great as you know a long expedition um, so I think they both have their um, their appeals it's nice to do those really long you know, get out on a trekking stage for two, two and a half days or more. I think we're three and a half on one of those ones. Um, you know, you've really got that wilderness expedition feel to it. Um, but as for, yeah, we're actually going to go in and, and race this. I'd prefer, um, you know, I'd prefer the world champs and that sort of thing to be around for, you know, four to four and a half days. I think that's a good period for if you're actually promoting it as a, you know, as a face-off between, fast teams and, and have some good exciting racing otherwise I think it does get a bit too just teams surviving and, and war of attrition uh, yeah that, yeah I, I mean that makes sense I you know for me I like to see I like to see you guys out there for a long time but but there'll be plenty of teams out there for a long time <laughs> yeah yeah so, I mean if it's taking us six or seven days then yeah. you know then other teams are either going to take you know nine or ten or they're going to have to miss out some of the course you know yeah. they're going to be yeah. short course then. Is there a race during your career that you didn't do that you really wish you had? Um, oh, I'd, I mean, it would have been nice to um, to have been in the sport when um, some of those earlier sort of eco challenge and, and primal quest were on. Um, mm-hmm. But sort of that was before I, I was into the into racing. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I think I'd. <laughs> I certainly don't think I. I think I've done enough. Um, I've never sort of got to a year and think, oh, I wish I'd put one or more, t- one or two more races in. There's always been, okay. yeah, maybe that was one race too many. But um, no, I mean, there's, I mean, I always have, um, you know, I always look at a race and you have envy of, of missing out on what other people are, you know, exciting things they're doing. Um, Got to say, probably the one exception to that was um, the XBD in Cairns. Um, mm. I was I was in the UK at the moment at the time, and um, I think we talked about going over and racing. But um, Orion ended up racing, but I didn't go with them. It was a bit bit hard for me to get away. And I remember I don't know if you remember that race. They started off rafting, and it, it was really cool. 
and I was sitting back in the UK thinking, oh, I wish I was there. Yeah, you know, so good. <laughs> wish I was racing. And then they went into that first trick and uh, and they hit that singing tree. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there are guys there crying and getting acid poured on them. And uh, yeah. And at that point, I was, yeah, quite happy to have missed that one. It was <laughs> feeling yeah. quite smug sitting at home. But, I remember um, yeah, that, talking to somebody about that race, and apparently people didn't take them seriously when they, when they were told about the the stinging trees. Yeah, oh, that's. The, I mean, I've talked to some of the guys who've done it, and you know, a year or two later, they can still feel the effects of it. Um, wow. It's pretty nasty stuff. So that's definitely one that that I'm not glad I. I um, no, I rather am glad I missed. But um, yeah. yeah, there's always a few you think, oh, it would have been nice to go and do that. But um, you know, I've done plenty. I'm sort of not not really any regrets from from missing out anything really. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. It's, well, it's cool. I mean, um, well, how many times a year do you race generally, like like an expedition? Um, oh, we'll see. This is last this year. What have we done? Seems to be about. Like with with Seagate, we're doing about three expedition races a year. Um, so we'll typically do God's Own. One other this year, we did um, South Africa, and and the World Champs, and that's about as much. I mean, everybody's working as well, about as much yeah. as you can really fit in. Um, and then on top of that, I try and do a few, um, a couple of the stage races in China, um, and you know something like GeoQuest. So by the time you've got all that in, you know it fills up your calendar pretty quick and. Um, and work staying to ask, you know, about all the time you're taking off. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, sort of, I think three for a, you know, a team that's serious about racing is probably, you know, if you've got other jobs and things, um, that seems to be enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess if you're sort of full-time professional, you might fit one one or two more in, but... Um, um, yeah, there's well, certainly. Yeah, but where are those guys? No, at? there's. I mean, <laughs> you can't. You, I mean, full-time professional isn't. Yeah, you've got to. You've got to have some other source of income, really. So. Yeah, that's that. Um, the, here in the U.S., we don't. And well, okay, I don't know much about the China races, so I'm kind of assuming there a lot of people don't. Um, talk about one of them. I mean, tell us what what so, they're like and. Yeah. Okay. So. Wulong, which is typically around August, September, is probably the longest running one and, and mm. sort of most well-known. Um, and I am surprised. I mean, Nike used to come along and they've won it a few times. Um, but it definitely isn't well publicized out of out of China. It's sort of word of mouth and, and you know, probably about half the international teams are almost Kiwi teams now, or maybe not quite, but a third sort of. Um, it's certainly... Um, and I guess it's, it's easier for us to get to than um, yeah. to get over to the States or to... China or something, I mean, sorry, to Europe. Um, but what they are is, um, is essentially stage racing. It's, uh, Wulong's typically three days, um, and you're racing about between six and eight hours each day. Um, so it's teams of four again, mixed teams of four. Um, and um, and multi-sports, so it's, it's running and mountain biking and kayaking. Typically, no navigation, or you might be navigating with a GPS for one section or something like that. Um, and they're very, very fast, intense races. It's it's very, very much sort of multi-sport speed. You're, you're running fast. It's, um, yeah, very competitive now. Um, but they're good fun. You know, there's no – it's quite different from, from your adventure race sort of expedition style. Um, it is very much more of a, 
you know, more of a sort of triathlon intensity. Um, but they're really good fun sort of hit outs. Um, and, and there's good, reasonably good money there. They, um, you know, a lot of them put up quite good money, prize money. Um, so no, we typically do a, a couple of those, um, really good sort of sharpness, good, good speed tests. And, um, and if you do well, you bring back a bit of cash. So no, and they're, um, yeah, they're pretty well run now. The, um, team they've got over there, it's, Pretty pretty practiced at what they're doing, so they're pretty pretty slick events. Yeah. Well, well that's yeah, kind of cool. I mean, you know, you you, you see it on the internet and read different yeah. things, but it's but it is kind of a unique concept. I mean, there's nothing like that in the U.S. that I know of. So yeah, it's it's quite a cool format. Um, I mean, I guess they probably have a lot of leeway in China to go where they need to, and I, I don't know quite how the bureaucracy works, but they seem to. Mm-hmm have a lot of support from sort of the local government to put these things on. Um, but yes, cause yeah, we don't see, you don't see that much. I mean, I guess the old mild sevens was a similar thing. Um, and yeah. even, even the Abu Dhabi challenge was a similar sort of concept. Um, but you don't see that much, you know, they sort of might yeah. pop up once or twice and, and don't carry on. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I just got a couple, couple more, yeah, questions sure. here. Um, how much longer do you want to keep racing? Uh, <laughs> well, each year I say that's that's about it. That'll do, um, and then I come back and do some more. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess until yeah, I am still enjoying it. So um, yeah. So at the point where you actually really don't want to do it, then I imagine it'll be time to yeah. stop, or hopefully just before then. Um, yeah, I mean, at the moment I'm going going reasonably well. Um, I'm not. Not as quick as the um, short races they used to be, but seem to be just as strong as the adventure racing. So, yeah, I'm not sort of setting any any deadline on it. But um, yeah, I imagine well, maybe yeah. A, a couple more years. I couldn't couldn't see me doing it much past forty. You know, at least not Let me, not at this level, maybe. Well, that was going to be my next. Well, yeah, the next question is, but could you see yourself in three or four years, just like yeah, I'm going to go do one. Just yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. Um, yeah, you know, I'd be quite keen to do. My fiance does some of these not as competitively, so it'd be nice to race with her. I've never done a long race with her, um, yeah. and maybe some of the, you know, if the Patagonia one comes back in, maybe try some of the ones that you you haven't been to or something like that. Yeah. You know, go with a bunch of friends and do it. But Just, I, yeah. you say that, but I know um, it's always going to be hard <laughs> for me. You always want to go out and and race as hard as you can. So yeah, it's pretty tough to um, when you're used to racing hard to go out and say, oh, I'm just going to cruise and have a good time so yeah well i will tell you from experience because i rate race for 30 years close to that and then all of a sudden it was fine just to go out and have fun yeah yeah <laughs> so it'll come. It'll come. okay yep. here's the, yeah here's the last question and this is this is the most important one sure so so we're like 30 days from world championships if you start packing today Will you still be packing the night before you leave? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it takes as much time as you've got. So typically, um typically I just put it off for as long as I can. <laughs> and okay. then and then panic at the end. Um, well, I find you you start packing and then you go out and you use stuff, so then you gotta yeah. repack it, so why why worry? Right. No, I'll do, I'll go do through it. the list and sort of, you know, try and pick out anything that I I definitely haven't right. got need to order in advance, but no, I, oh, yeah. you'd think it would get easier, and it must get a little bit easier, but I still 
yeah, it's still a big stress and trying to find things and get the right stuff and do last minute adjustments to gear. So yeah, yeah, it'll take right up until we leave pretty much. Well, that is the correct answer because I think literally everybody I talk to, that's that's the way they work. So yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to think I'd get some sort of slick slick process in place where it's all sorted and all all done in half an hour, but no, it never happens. Well, you know, yeah. every race is different. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some gear choices for for Ecuador. I mean, yeah, you know, being over four thousand meters, that's yeah, yeah, it's getting pretty cold up there. So um, you're not going to take the same things you took to Costa Rica. So no, no. we'll we'll see how it works. So, yeah. Well, I want to thank you for spending part of your part of your morning, part yeah, of my that's, afternoon. That's no, no problem at all. Yeah. It's a no, nice, uh, no. nice distraction for doing some work anyway. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can find a lot of those distractions. So, yeah. um, so I always close uh, by telling people to go fast and take chances. So, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll do that. That was it. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Randy. Now that's been good. And, uh, all right. Well, we'll we see will see you at uh, another event. Yeah. We'll see you in Ecuador. Are oh, you going to be over there? Oh, great. I'm going to yeah. be there. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, we'll see you there. All right. Thanks. Cheers.
Hey, Jake. Why don't you uh, take a minute to introduce the band for everyone? Y'all, we stole this band from James Brown's band. He played with James Brown for 12 years. We actually stole it from Josh Stone, but this man was, a, the, you know, in James Brown's horn section, and the, the man called him the ninth wonder of the world, Mr. Jeffrey T. Watkins. The ringleader of this disorganization. We call him the Funky Miracle from the Radiators Retired, Mr. Reggie Scanlon, y'all. This man needs no introduction. Played with the Neville Brothers and still is for the last 30 years or so, somewhere around that. And he wrote the book on this stuff. This is Mean Willie Green playing the drums, y'all. We stole this guy from out here, from you guys. The secret weapon. From another planet playing all the keyboards and vocals, Mr. C.R. Groover. We can't forget about my brother from another mother here on the guitar. Y'all played with the Dirty Dozen for the past six years and before that, many, many other bands. Mr. Jake Eckert, y'all, on the guitar. And we do have our sixth honorary member with us tonight, but he is not coming up here yet. And he want to get a grandiose introduction uni. <laughs> yeah. So we just got done uh, doing some shows with the guys from Little Feet. Anybody heard of Little Feet before? And we had to learn some of their tunes so Paul and Fred could play them with us. And we said, you know what, them tunes so damn good, let's just keep playing it. So can I get a touch more of this in that monitor right there? And we'll see if we can make this thing work. 